Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode we have Netflix 227th film from 2020. It's the German comedy drama Rising High, or in German, Betonrosch. It's directed by Sunette Kaya. It stars David Cross, Frederick Lau, and Janina Husch. I'm Jesse, and I am writing solo for this episode. Thank you for joining me. Uh, this is another international film from Netflix that we seem to get quite a few of uh, in 2020 during the pandemic. And this one here is meant to be a comedy. <laughs> My thoughts will probably tell you that I didn't laugh too much in this, but um, I don't want to give too much away. But I am going to spoil this film as we go through this discussion. So if you're interested in checking this film out, give us a pause. Come back later on because I'm going to kick off with the fast flicks where I do a quick little summary of what the film's all about. So for me, uh, Rising High is about three con artists who are working their way through the real estate world in Germany, but what goes up must come down. Oh, intriguing. Um, <laughs> uh, like I said before, another international film. I'm sorry, I've got very little to say on how this film came to Netflix or, or how it was made or anything like that. Um, all I can sort of figure out was that it was released on Netflix on the 17th of April, 2020, filmed in and around Berlin. Uh, the translations for this one around the world are quite good, actually. There's quite a good uh, selection of, of good translations. So the English title, Rising High, and this is obviously about the real estate world and a, and a con artist who's trying to, or a couple of con artists who are uh, using real estate um, to, to build their way uh, into quite a lot of uh, money and success, I guess. So in German, the, the actual translation of that um, Bettenrush word that I spoke about, it's like the, the concrete rush or the concrete noise. So obviously the idea of building um, in Argentina Mexico and Spain, it's called Brick Fever. <laughs> Quite a funny one. Uh, Brazil, it's called Big Business. In Finland, it's called Concrete Mass. In France, it's called The Madness of Heights. Not, not too bad, not too bad. In Greece, it's called Marching Through the Ethers. Not, not a big fan of that one. Hungary, it's called Real Estate Kings. That's a, a pretty decent title. In Italy, called Concrete Fever as well. In Norway and Sweden, it's called Concrete Gravel. And in Poland, Concrete Gold. And finally, Portugal, it's called The Last Landing. Um, not sure, <laughs> but yeah, a, a good take on on that same sort of title and the idea of building your way up and rising high through the ranks to sort of uh, take over um, a big big chunk of real estate as we see in this film. Critics and audiences. So on Rotten Tomatoes, this one sits on a thirty percent on ten reviews, so that's definitely rotten. Audience has it a little bit higher. That's on fifty seven percent, but that's less than fifty ratings. IMDb sort of uh, similar, a five point nine out of ten on 5,200 ratings. Letterboxd, a 2.5 out of 5 on 2,500 ratings. So mixed mixed reviews sort of uh, sitting there in the middle of the thing. My early thoughts, I think uh, it's a very unbelievable film uh, and it's sort of got quite a few mixed messages about what it's actually trying to say around crime and about greed and, and how it's actually re represented and the impacts of these these criminal acts. Uh, the performances, they're all fine, uh, but sex and drugs don't make a film funny uh, this, this isn't a very funny film uh sorry yeah <laughs> talk about some characters so there's there's really three characters that i sort of mentioned in my fast flicks they're, they're all con artists they all get together to take on the world and, and make a lot of money and victor is our is our main main character he's meant to be this good looking guy that can sway anyone um and we, we sort of follow him um as a young man who sort of heads to berlin with nothing but with his charm uh, he's able to sort of build his way through and he sort of developed this through his youth because we see through flashbacks that his dad was unable to pay taxes and, and his mum 
sort of left his dad for a richer guy. So this this Victor character is a guy who wants to sort of uh, prove the world wrong, make some money, and move on. And he obviously works hard to get what he wants, uh, but it's hard in a film like this because you either need to hate the character breaking the law and destroying people's lives, or you want to empathize with them and and see them succeed uh, for some sort of reason. Unfortunately, that there isn't much development for Victor, so you don't feel either. So it's sort of in this, uh, you know, this middle ground where you don't really care if he succeeds or not. And I guess through the flashbacks that we see throughout this film, we know that he is locked up. So yeah, tricky. Uh, Jerry's the other guy I'll talk about. He's this guy that sort of tees up with Victor. Uh, they sort of catch up and work out. They're both pretty ordinary guys who are willing to to do the wrong thing. Jerry's a lot older than Victor. He's got kids, he's got a wife, but he's obviously into scamming as well. And the flip side of him, I guess, is that Victor's young and brash, whereas Jerry is more switched on and knowledgeable and knows when to call it quits or knows when to to sort of toe the line and do the right thing and pay the taxes. Uh, And obviously with his wife as well, knows how to prepare for life after the scam's done. Uh, You always get the feeling too that He's a little bit jealous of Victor and his looks and how he could come in and and sort of um, build this romantic connection with Nicole, who I'll talk about next. And we meet Nicole because she's a childhood friend of Jerry and she's a broker and she's their way into this real estate world in in being able to finance it. And she's also pretty happy to get in on the scam and falls for Victor romantically. And I think, um, you know, she's very firm that she'll do whatever she can for him, but she's got these morals that if you cheat on me, I'll make your life a living hell. And she does do that. And they have a kid together and and it's quite sad to see this. And I know it's a fictional story. It's not, not a real story, but I guess that's one of the the moments that actually do do work a little bit. Uh, The director for this one, um, Sunye Kaya, 10 directing credits uh, across TV and film, all in German. Uh, Never heard of them before. And yeah, uh, (laughs) that's all I've got to say. I think we'll, we'll talk about some scenes and some things that I enjoyed in this or some things that stood out. So I think, the idea, and I spoke about this with the title of Rising High, I didn't mind um, to start off with, to try and earn some money, Victor does some laboring like at construction sites. And it's that idea of building up from the bottom and it ties in well. So I thought that was that was a nice little uh, touch. There's a scene later in the film where Victor goes out, he's got all this money now and he buys this real expensive piece of jewelry for his mum. And then he sort of leaves it at her house with a note for her to find, trying to get his mum back with his dad, I guess. and. Um, so he's out with dinner with his dad and, and with Nicole and sitting there, mum hasn't arrived. So he goes back to the house, see the jewelry is gone and realizes that her new partner has pretended that the gift was from him. So he sort of loses it. And it, it sort of leads to this idea of Victor having a massive um, aggression over his mum, even when he's locked up and, and he's being interviewed. And you can tell that he's got this built up aggression and, and pain from his mum and what he probably perceives as the reason or part of the reason why his dad struggled so much because of her. Um, I liked the idea when Nicole confronts Victor over cheating. Um, she, she calls the hooker that he was with. That was quite a, a good moment. I think it was also um, a little bit sad when Victor's mum does come back into the scenes to, to prison to see him to sort of let him know that his dad had passed away and that, that was a sad moment because you knew how much his dad actually meant to him um and then towards the end of the film too the, the idea that victor was trying to wrong the rights uh i guess only or the only sort of real wrong right that he was sorry the yeah the, the right that he was trying to fix was with his daughter um and trying to reconnect with her and, and sort of mention that you know she was the best thing he's ever done in his world and, and that leads to the conclusion of the film. And, and, and there's this good twist where that um, sort of piece of jewelry that 
Victor had set aside for when anything goes wrong. Um, Jerry had actually put it inside this um, marble lion that he'd had at this, his new house. And it was getting really close to the end of the film, and I was frustrated because there was no explanation as to why Nicole didn't know where it was at certain stages. And, and that was sort of, I'm glad that they wrapped it up. And it was a cool little twist. Um, but I'm going to lead into some things that I didn't like and a bit of a follow-up at the end on, on that scene too. Um, and as I mentioned, there's, there's a lot of partying, there's a lot of sex, there's a lot of prostitutes, drugs. None of it seemed appealing. Um, and I mean, the, like the first sort of party you see, there's people, there's like bubbles blowing, like little tiny bubbles. I was like, well, how old are these people? It's not like it's a three-year-old's birthday party. Like if they're high-end people with all this cash and you've got some bubbles floating around while they dance, just didn't seem real. Um Victor, when he's trying to, you know, start off, he sort of comes up with fake IDs and his name was Dirk Diggler. Uh, that really threw me off at the start of the film because it was so poor. It, like, it's not funny. It, uh, yeah, that was that was frustrating. I think, um, and then, you know, he works with a lot of immigrant uh, workers and sort of rents out his room to them and they have a fight club with, like, sheep and goats and things like that. It was just lame. It wasn't funny. So none of these comedic things landed. Uh, and then there's a scene, and this this was really sad. There's this old bloke who's putting his life savings into their scheme to sort of set up his granddaughter, and he specifically asks Jerry and Victor if it was a scam. They ignored it. They said he said like Victor said oh, I felt a little bit guilt, guilty about it. But then just like the conclusion, the final scene, we see Victor see this old bloke on the street, and he avoids him. Just such a poor choice. Like no redeeming qualities. We see him try to rebuild that connection with his daughter and we think he's on the path to to mend um and then that leads like this this final scene not only does he ignore this old guy um he's like finds a chick and goes yeah i'm coming to some more um, auctions to to buy some more property like it's just real poor taste in my mouth at the end of this film um some themes some ideas in this one before I go, I guess I probably talked this down more. Like, it wasn't a really horrible watch. <laughs> it was fine to watch. You know, it, it cruised along nicely. It wasn't a horrible film, but it, just some of these things, looking back on I was like, as a main character in a film, you want to actually see that progression as a character, and didn't actually see that. So um, some same, some of my ideas. This idea of Victor, like this idea of, of obsession with materialistic things and, and this high-end life that he's making for himself uh, and, and the relationships than the people's lives that he puts at risks to, to meet his own obsessive needs and wants. That, that's a little bit of this idea, but I'm not sure that's the idea that they were trying to put across. Um, because like I think possibly they're talking more about money and, and Victor's mum chasing that money, ruining the family, and Victor, on the other hand, thinking that, that money, and I guess this does lead into the obsession idea, but that, that money's going to fix everything. And the idea that the more money that you have, the better off you are in the world. Uh, and as well, it definitely pushes that idea of fighting the system, you know, very anti-tax. And, you know, is that because that the, the system needs more regulation, more checks and balances? Or is it because, you know, we, we should idolize people who stand up to to the system? Um, I'm not 100% sure because this, this film doesn't really go either way. What, what did I take away from this film? I think <laughs> this is almost like a German ripoff of, of The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, it doesn't have Scorsese as a director. It doesn't have this, the stars of DiCaprio or Margot Robbie or, or Jonah Hill. Um, but they do have enough money in this film to have um, Billy Eilish's song, Bad Guy, play for like a whole scene. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> it's a, that wouldn't have been cheap to get the rights for that song. So yeah, very interesting. Maybe uh, use that cash somewhere else. I have a little bit of a pondering, I guess, or a question. Uh, not a question, but a, a statement. Like... I think that um, David Cross plays the character Victor, 
and they they do a lot on his good looks and you know he, he can deceive and and sell anything to anyone based on his looks I, i'm a little bit um i don't know i'm a little bit on the fence as to that's the the main thing that you need from someone being a con artist like it's not all about looks it's about how you work the room it's about how you work the people and unfortunately like these characters all worked multiple people over and over again and it's not necessarily a nice thing and i guess just talking about that as well um david cross who plays victor he was the the young boy opposite kate winslet in the reader um if you've seen the reader the reader's a great film kate winslet's excellent in that as well so highly recommend that film um i'm ready to wrap this up i think I th- uh, give, we give the film a rating out of five for me like it's it's tricky because this film it doesn't glamorize greed 100 percent, but it doesn't condemn it either which is something that i think should have been a grounding idea in this film like it's got some okay moments but there's so many types of these films that are done much better that it, it's kind of hard to recommend this but i don't completely hate it so i'm giving it a two and a half out of five not not fantastic but not horrible uh we're on socials. We've got Twitter. We've got Facebook and Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a like if you can. The question I wanted to put out there is that, you know, does a poor childhood excuse poor behavior later in life? We see that Victor in this film obviously is resentful for his child, resentful for his mother leaving his dad, resentful for the taxation department ruining his dad and, and their finances and, and making them more poor. But does that excuse this behavior he, he continues on with in life? And I think if we saw some redemption in his character, maybe that would be a, a nicer message, but we don't because he's going back to what he was doing that was wrong the whole time. So uh, yeah, sitting on the edge there. Uh, as always, thanks for thanks for hanging around. I'm back next week. Next week, I've got another 2020 film. It's a biographical drama called Sergio, which is directed by Greg Barker. It stars Wagner Mora, Ana de Amos, Garrett Dillahunt, Clemens Schick, Will Dalton, Bradley Whitford, and Brian F. O'Brien. So um, sorry, Brian F. O'Byrne, not Brian F. O'Brien. If you're, you're keen on checking that one out, um, Please do so before next week so you can listen along. Thanks for joining me, um, and I'll see you next week.